But I think one of the main things that I've struggled throughout is uh, bringing people along, that we move super fast and we have to realize that people don't see the world the same way we do. And we need to stop and bring them along. And bringing them along means showing them you know, what the end is and what the steps are gonna be. I'm Tracy Lovejoy. And I'm Shannon Lucas. We are the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change around the world. This is our podcast, Move, Move Fast, Fast, Break Shit, Shit Burnout, where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. One such catalyst is here with us, the amazing Daniel Elizalde. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Shannon. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure being here with you. Oh, so glad to have you. So a little bit about Daniel. He is a product advisor helping climate tech product teams accelerate their journey from idea to early customers. He's a product executive with over 20 years of experience leveraging and uh, leveraging emerging technologies to drive product innovation in industries such as climate tech, e-commerce, manufacturing, telecommunications, automotive, and semiconductor. He's an IoT product management instructor at Stanford University, and he has just published his first book this year, The B2B Innovator's Map, How to Get from Idea to Your First 10 Customers, Your Practical Guide to Taming Uncertainty and Discovering Opportunities to Develop Products Your Customers Will Be Eager to Buy. Oh, hey, Woo! go, Daniel. <laughs> that sounds so great. It's like, wow, who's that guy? I want to meet that person. <laughs> I did that. Thank you so much for being here with us. We'd love to kick off to find out how do you relate to the term catalyst, the concept of catalyst? Yes, um, it's been a really interesting, uh, as you know, Shannon and I go a long way. We've been friends for some time, uh, as uh, as you know, and she introduced me to the term. And to me, it was an aha moment of understanding how to describe myself. Um, from my 20 years of uh, professional experience, I've always been working in uh, what you would call innovation. I was always, even though I was working in big companies, I was working in the cutting edge of that company. For example, my first job was at a company of industrial automation, National Instruments in Austin. And very quickly, I moved to their brand new consulting group. And so I was doing consulting around the world on automation systems. And this was a brand new thing for the company. So we were catalyzing that transition from being just product to products and services. And then I moved to um, a system integration company and I became the first product manager for a data platform. So that was like, so I don't know what this is, but we'll do it, right? And then throughout my career, um, then I, I, uh, I joined um, as the director of programs for a UX agency. And I was tasked with building that team and figuring out what that should be and so on. And so it's always been, I've been attracted to it. As, and although, you know, when I sit back, I complain that I like all this, that I would like to have structure and I would like to have all these things so that I can just come in and do my work. I never end up choosing that. So when um, I read your book and I talked to, to Shannon, it's like, oh, maybe that's because I'm a catalyst, right? And so uh, since then I, I, you know, started teaching at Stanford. I, uh, now I run my own coaching practice for climate tech. Uh, so that's always been what I've been attracted to unconsciously, I guess. I I love that description so much. And I think it, there was a podcast I was on not too long ago. It was called Plan Z. 
And it was like, what would you do if, if right now didn't work out? And I feel like all catalysts have that moment. They are so tired. Maybe it's a time of trauma. There's, you know, the burnout. And we're like, I just want to go do fill in the blank. I want to go back and be a server, or I want to just sit at the front desk of the building and, and say hello to people, right? That, that exhaustion of maybe I don't want to have to start again. Mm-hmm. And then what's the job you pick? It's always the hard cho- job that comes with amazing challenges and is really exciting and a steep learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. I always, <laughs> I always uh, tell my wife, Megan, it's like, oh man, you know, I love coffee and Starbucks is hiring. Maybe I'm a barista. And then, and maybe I can improve that process here. And maybe we can. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. In that vein of what is catching your attention and where uh, you're getting to solve problems today, what is it that you're working on these days? We'd love to hear what you're catalyzing. Yes, I have always been very passionate about um, fighting climate change. Um, For me, it's, it's very personal. I grew up in Mexico City. It's one of the most polluted cities in the world. And I you know, I experienced that pollution and the impact of uh, burning fossil fuels very early on, right? I, I remember not being able to go to school because it was pollution day. And I remember having like walking out the, the door in my house and having the dead birds on the street because of the pollution. So for me, it's always been there. And um, as I uh, advanced in my career, I learned that there's this whole field of what's called climate tech, which is really the intersection of how do you apply technology to address climate change. And it's one important thing. And turns out that the latest technology applies really well to solving and scaling the problems that we need in order to address climate. Now, when people think about climate change, uh, sorry, climate tech, they think about, well, you're going to be in the lab creating the new chemistry for the latest battery. It's like, no, that's research. Once it's something is ready to be commercialized, then you go into digital technologies that use IoT and 5G and cloud and the more quote unquote, uh, mainstream technologies and do that, right? So because I have a product background, technology background and this passion for climate, I've been focusing on mentoring and advising climate tech companies to help them accelerate their journey and and, uh, bringing a lot of those learnings that we've had in the software industry in the past 10 years and applying them to climate tech so that we don't have to make those mistakes and they can innovate faster because the better they do their job, the better we'll all be as a society. I'm hearing such interesting transitions that taking knowledge from one place to another. Can you talk a little bit about what that journey has been like for you? Yes, it's it's been a, a really interesting journey. And um, um, for me, it has been somewhat planned um, because I've always being able to sit back and say, what, what do I like and what am I kind of good at? And then the direction that I want to go, what do they need? So for example, when I started in this climate journey many years ago, I, I started looking at climate is so big, so how can I contribute? What kind of skills do I have to contribute to it? Um, and it turns out that one of the areas that is very important is transitioning away from fossil fuels to produce energy and to create, uh, put renewables. Well, if you connect renewables, they need to be connected to the grid and they need to be monitored for many reasons, right? Well, the technology that you use to monitor those things, it's the same technology that I was using in manufacturing. And it's some of those components are the same components I was using when I was working in e-commerce. And so um, when I was, wasn't able to do the direct jump, 
I was able to say, okay, I'm going to go to e-commerce now because I'm going to get very well versed in managing cloud solutions because I know that smart grid and those other need that. And then eventually after a few jumps, I was able to move to Silicon Valley and I start working uh, as head of products at a um, energy storage company called STEM. And so I was applying all those things that actually we call IoT today, right? But it's the same components that I've been using. It's, it's hardware and software and cloud. It's just applied to a specific domain. So I think for me is understanding the domain, what problems we're trying to solve, what tool set do I have? What do I bring to the table? And then what companies can benefit from my expertise? <clears throat> there is so much that you're sharing that is lighting up in my brain. Uh, one, I love, we've always heard, right, that it's really helpful to innovation to have people that come from outside the fields come and look at a problem in a new way. Mm -hmm. And it's such a, a really visceral, tangible example of if I had been sitting in the climate world looking at the same tools and, and kind of going you know, native within that, I wouldn't know the things you know coming from a different environment and saying, oh, they're exactly the same tools. Like what a gift that your outsider perspective could come in and help look at the problem in new ways. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. And you know, as we were talking before the, the recording started, um, you know, stepping back, I, I can think that my superpower, so to speak, is living in the intersection of climate, innovation, and technology. And so technology is one piece. But for example, as I talk to uh, a lot of CEOs and innovators right now that are working on climate as, a, as an advisor, I realize that a lot of the challenges that they have are not technological, they're innovation challenges. Who are my customers? What target markets should I follow? Um, how should I prioritize? How do I figure out regulation in my roadmap? All those things are innovation slash product management challenges. And all of those are what I uh, put in my book, like a, a, the actual structure on how to deal with it. And so it's not only coming in from a technology perspective, but what I'm seeing some of the challenges right now, a lot of these companies are coming strictly from the climate world and they don't know how to... Um, develop, monetize, and scale digital products. And so the expertise that I've had in that field in other industries is what they don't have. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I got my job as a head of products as, as this energy storage company, um, the hiring manager was telling me, well, one of the concerns I have is that you don't come from the energy industry. And I told her, you have 50 of those, but you don't have anybody that has my background. You pair me up with the right people. We can we can team up and we can actually solve the challenges that you have, right? And she I would love it, to. So that was lucky. She <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> smart choice on her part. I would really appreciate if we could go a little bit deeper here for the audience of what are the learnings. It is incredibly, as you know, common for catalysts to move from organization to startup to consultant, and you have lived these movements in a very successful way. What are some of the learnings that you've been gathering on your journey in that movement? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that the some of the challenges or some of the learnings that I've had is understanding how each of the companies that you are working at, how do they operate? If you work at a startup, the constraints and the needs and the challenges are, are very specific. And then when you move to a large corporation, a multi-billion dollar corporation, they, they have plans for the same outcomes, but they work very, very differently. 
So your startup learnings can come into play, but you have to make sure that you align them correctly with how the culture of this big company operates. And then if you start your own business, like myself, when you have your own practice, very different, right? And so all of a sudden, trying to understand all the things that I know and how do I apply them to the new challenges of running a single person consulting firm. And so it's about, I think, being um, self-aware that you've gathering a lot of information and not all of it will apply exactly as you learned it in the other companies. You have to extract the nuggets and then, okay, this is how we apply it into this other company. And that's what actually opens the door for these things because you know, large companies might think, yeah, you have a startup mentality, but then when you start talking to them, it's like, well, this is not going to work the same way. How can we leverage my expertise? And that is what makes you a more, you know, an executive catalyst as opposed to a junior catalyst, so to speak, right? Yeah, that bringing that, that, that experience and wisdom that, that comes with you. So how do you kind of keep, keep a sense of yourself, right? Like it could be easy to look at you being very different place to place, but every time I interact with you, you have such a deep sense of self and you just said this in self-awareness. How does that evolve and how do you keep that kind of central sense of grounding? Yeah, thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that it comes like that, that way. Um, uh, yeah, uh, hmm. I think for me, um, one, one quote that really stuck with me, I don't know where I read it, is that um, especially as a product person, you have to fall in love with the problem, not with the solution. So in my case, I'm passionate about solving climate change. And so that is my anchor. And so how I apply that solution in which contents that varies, but my, my anchor stays. And the other thing that I've been doing that's been really helpful for me has been documenting my philosophy, right? And for better or worse, it's my philosophy, right? And, and that philosophy has helped me create my own personal brand. And so um, I've always been tied or, or aligned with product management, innovation. And so I, 10 years ago, I started writing my blog, writing some of my thoughts, and it has evolved to the point that I started creating frameworks for IoT. And that's what I teach at Stanford University. Um, and they continue to evolve. Now they are you know, much more elaborate in my new book. But that all by my IP, it's a continuum of my experience. And if you read like my latest post or my book today, versus something from 10 years ago, it's quite different because my, my thoughts have evolved, but it's, it's a constant line of like, how do I see the world of product and innovation in what I believe to be true in those spaces, right? So documenting it has been really helpful for me because I can also share it with others. And one of the things that's important, I think for catalysts is to bring other people along and so I can use my frameworks and my book and my podcasts and all those things to say, hey, how about this? You know, if, if, if we have ideas, how will we center them this way and we move forward this way? And you start creating that cohesion. And then as your brand grows and, and people start getting to know you, then all of a sudden it's easy because people say, oh, we'll just use Daniel's method. The work's done, right? But little by little. Though I said a lot. Does that make any sense? Oh, my I'm guessing Shannon's exploding in the same way that I am. We have this concept in the book and that we teach around breadcrumbing. And you've just, you've just um, not only exemplified that idea of being able to 
track the work that you do so that you can go back and explain it later. And so you can bring people along, but you've applied it in a very personal way. Typically we talk about this, you know, if you're trying to bring folks along in an organizational context, make sure that you're letting them know because sometimes the work that we do as catalysts, one, we're so fast and forward looking, we're not paying attention. Two, people end up not realizing that it was us that was the spearhead, especially with subtle things like language shifts within an organization, uh -huh, uh -huh. right? Or an idea takes roots almost so that people don't remember a time when it wasn't just the normal way of, of being. And so, you know, documenting that can help show why what you do, because our process can feel invisible and slow, interestingly, is so important to the way innovation happens and creating change within an organization, right? People say they want change makers. They don't really know what that takes. They just are kind of like, you're the magic. <laughs> well, yeah, what I do is the magic. And so you're talking about being able to document that so that people know like, this is what I get with Daniel and you have such a deep sense of self so that you can show up in any location, whether you're consulting, whether you're interviewing, whether you're you know, giving a talk about your book, you're teaching, and be able to share, this is how it works. Yeah. So I, with that, I'm guessing you're feeling that too, Shannon. I'm going to hand it over to you. I didn't mean to cut you off, Daniel. I'm sorry. Please. Yeah, I have a comment on that if, I, if we have time. Go oh, we have time. Yeah. yeah. So so I think that the, uh, a good example of, of, of what that does is um, in, in my book, uh, I interviewed a ton of people before writing the book on understanding what problems they were having and how can we, uh, how can I help them? And it turns out that, you know, the word innovation, everybody says we need to innovate, but very few people understand what that means. And so I, with my book, I set out to create a, a map, a, a six step process that says, this is what it means. And in fact, as I was doing all this, I didn't want to write a process book because I felt, you know, I'm a catalyst, I don't do that. But it turns out that everybody really latched onto that. It's like, oh, you're writing a process, we love it, okay. And so there's this six steps that you have to go through that are very clear. And one of the big advantages of that is that it's just alignment. When I talk to uh, leaders, for example, in climate tech or other industries, and they're talking about innovation, I can show that six step and say, okay, this is what it takes to go from A to B. This is what it means to innovate. And based on what you're telling me, you want to be on step four, but let's, let's go back. Do you have the outputs of stage one, two, and three? No, you don't. So we need to step here. And as you're driving innovation and the way to bring people along is by saying, hey, we were here, we got this output. Now we're going to go to step two. And in step two, this is what happens. And we won't move out of step two until we have this output, blah, 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 right? And so um, it, it just creates a sense of, oh, okay. Uh, it's not a black box and it's not magic, right? My goal is to be um, disposable in a way, right? Like people can do this while I'm not there. And that's the whole idea. But, but you have to document it in that way and I always like this idea of frameworks that are kind of like maps, where it's like you can, in a meeting, you can always point, we are here, right? Yes, yes. And, and there's another thread. I think we should have another conversation about the personal brand. Like for me, the breadcrumbing as a personal brand journey is so interesting. And just to like the catalyst out there, I think that at the beginning, there can be this deep sense of imposter syndrome 
right? Because you're not the expert when you start that. It's an explore. We've heard what your journey and your exploration was, but it's about stepping into the conversation. It's about like how you're, which conversations you're engaging with. You had this North Star and that North Star was bringing you, you know, in different ways on this journey. So let's, let's unpack that sometime. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Yes. Cool. Yes. Okay, we're going to shift to rapid fire. So our first question is, what pieces of advice or piece of advice do you have for our listeners or said another way, what do you wish you had known about being a catalyst when you were 20? Yeah, so first of all, I would have wished to know that I was a catalyst and, and what that meant. Um, <laughs> so that's the work that you're doing on that front is fantastic. Um, but I think one of the main things that I've struggled throughout is uh, bringing people along that we move super fast and we have to realize that people don't see the world the same way we do. And we need to stop and bring them along and bringing them along means showing them, you know, what the end is and what the steps are going to be to take there. So I wish I had stopped more and, and taken the time to bring people along because what happens, especially when you are more junior, even if you're senior, when you lose people, you lose support, and you're fired or you know something so it's yeah. it's very important to make sure that you do that so i wish i knew that um not only that i needed to do that but how to do it earlier it's so important it's so so important i hope everyone is listening to you out out there um what advice would you have to executives or other leaders about identifying and engaging their catalysts yeah it's, it's a great question i was thinking about it and i think it's very important for for leaders to invest in uh, identifying and also cultivating a catalyst because there's there might be a lot of people that don't know their catalyst. And so the, the way I was thinking about it is that uh, today in companies, it's very common to do things like the DISC model, you know, where, where you can do a personality model. So you're a D or you're an I. And based on whether you're a D, you change your communication style and you change how you engage with others. And there's whole trainings on that. It would be very powerful for leaders to take the time to, to do those kind of things and say, well, if you are a catalyst, this is how you engage with others that are non-catalyst. Or if you are a non-catalyst, this is how you engage with somebody that is a catalyst, right? So there are some elements like that in corporations with personality tests, but I think that it goes deeper into how people work and how people engage. And so I would encourage leaders to take the time to understand this because they can get a lot of mileage out of catalysts. Um, so it's just a matter of nurturing them and understanding us and, um, you know, buying us ice cream and things like that. <laughs> Amen to that vision. More <laughs> leaders leading in to understand and support their catalysts. Yeah. Right? All right. So there are bumps in the road. What is the worst part about being a catalyst in your mind? Uh, I think one of the biggest bumps for me is... Um, not being understood as a catalyst and therefore not having the support within a corporation. And so you are given a task to complete and then you're, you're running to complete it, but you don't get the support of the company. And so you really don't achieve those goals. So I think that lack of support from a company is, uh, it, it, it's part of our challenge because we're not bringing people along, but it's tough. Yeah, it's really hard, painful. What's the best part about being a catalyst? Um, I like um, the excitement of working on new things, but also the ability to connect the dots and say, oh, I know this from this industry and this person, this person, this, and this is how it can help me in this particular situation. That's, I think my superpower is connecting the dots and, 
And I think that's, that's one of the best things for me. Awesome. I also have to say you're good at connecting the dots and then distilling it down into an essence to bring people along, Daniel. So that is a superpower. Yeah. Um, Listen, I am super excited. I love watching your career. I'm so excited about you just putting your superpowers to tackle climate change and, you know, support climate tech initiatives. So thank you for the good work that you do in the world. Keep us posted about the book as well. Everyone should definitely check out the book. We'll put the link in the show notes for everybody. Um, Daniel, do you have a call to action for everybody, anybody, everybody? Yes. Thank you. Uh, So yeah, I think if you if you're interested in innovation, definitely check out my book, The B2B Innovators Map, and you can go to b2binnovator.com and you can download a free chapter or you can just have the link there to get in on Amazon. So, uh, Catalyst, we need we need this. It's, it shows you how to actually bring people along when you're building digital products. So, hopefully you'll get a chance to check it out. And I don't know if we said this earlier, but Daniel's also on our advisory board. So we get to benefit from his deep wisdom that he's also captured in the book. So I encourage everyone to go check out the book. Um, Daniel, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and the listeners today. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. It's always a pressure. I really appreciate everything you've done for me and your friendship. And Tracy, love working with you. So I look forward to more. Us too. too. More conversations to have. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, go to our website at catalystconstellations.com. And be sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Ship, Burn Out. If you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way.